Welcome to the Wealthy Woman Podcast. This is a podcast to inspire, educate, and influence the women and the leaders of today and create the ultimate wealth of your life, which is always more than just money. I'm your host, Marilyn Rose, CEO and founder of WealthyWoman.com. Today, we are going to talk about essentially the ultimate guide to figuring out and getting your personal finance together in a more simple, simplistic, and holistic route. A lot of the times, people will tell me that they are going straight to a mutual fund, they pay a certain percentage, and they're just locking up their wealth that way. And other times, I've heard people either say, oh, my husband manages finances, or they are not the decision maker in their household. Good news is there isn't a specific way that you have to do things in order to become rich. You don't have to become perfect to be rich or the smartest person in the room or have a type A personality or be lucky. In fact, you can set yourself on the road to wealth with any amount of money if you use an easy and you use a proper set it and forget it system and we'll talk about this in this podcast. Before we get into the nitty gritty, I really want to discuss how important it is for you to understand what personal finance is. If you have a job and you're in a corporate world and you get paid a salary, that salary gets put into your bank account and you subtract your expenses each month and what you have left over is either your spending money or your savings money. Now, if you own a business, Your business money is not your personal money. Business money is always separate because as well as your own personal expenses, you have business expenses. And of course, taxes are different for businesses depending where you're set up. But at the end of the day, the money that you have, if your business goes corrupt, collapse, if the job that you work in, you become redundant, goes away, the only money that you have is your personal finance. That means the money that you either saved away for what people say a rainy day or the money that you have. And unfortunately, so many people, millennials, even older, have no longer put saving as much as a priority as spending when you get it. Because we live in a world of YOLO. You only live once and living with experiences are great and fantastic. But when you actually want to purchase something big like a home or a car and you want to do this not on a lease format or an interest-based capacity where you're living paycheck to paycheck, your personal finance is important. For me, becoming financially fluent and understanding what money meant happened younger. Uh, I know I, I think I got a credit card when I was like 16, built up credit, not realizing anything about it. Obviously didn't spend more than I think I had like such a low credit limit. But at that time, my credit limit was something that was so low to me now, which apparently is the average of 
the adult life or for anybody who's had very interesting places. So credit limit is one thing, but making sure that you're never spending more than your credit is another thing. Are you a type of person, you want to ask these questions for yourself, are you the type of person who spends more on your credit card each month than you pay back? Do you pay in full each month or are you paying in payments? Or are you the type of person who doesn't even have a credit card? You use debit or cash. Or are you the type of person who takes your savings, looks at it, and spends it anytime you need to dip in every month? Or do you set it and forget it? So let's talk about each of these methods and the goods and bads of why you shouldn't be spending more than you earn. In If you look already at the economy, the people in universities, like if you're graduating after going to university, you're most likely in student debt. So you're coming off right out the gate as your own independent adult coming out uh, with huge massive loans that you can't even uh, like you can't even take those loans away at any reasons it's not forgivable because they're most of the time it's a government loan so how do you manage paying off that debt and how do you manage actually either earning more or doing something that will give you true financial freedom. If you say that word financial freedom, most of the time people laugh and don't even think it's possible, but it 100% is. You can end money worries, the feelings of overwhelm and frustration and shifting the mountains of financial information. And you don't need to spend years of studying compound interest charts or weeks trying to look at like hot stocks in order to invest. It's all of it's required is for you to have a willingness to think about money in a different way than you're probably used to. So most of the time we do a lot of money mistakes, right? The problem with conventional money advice is that it keeps so many people super frustrated and confused because the lingo is just way over their head. And so... Your parents' old money management way of investing is no longer the way to do this today. You don't have to wait to be retired at age 60 and then live a free life. Economic textbooks also, they like pretty much take a math degree and 10 years experience to understand. So you don't really need those to understand your personal finance. And being frugal, which using that word can be great. But frugality that demands you to really pinch pennies and cut back on everything is not necessarily the way either. So let's talk about these mistakes. Do you ever wonder why so many people just get really fat after college or during college? You'll see people gain that freshman 15 and maybe that weight just never comes back. But... Fun fact is weight gain doesn't happen overnight. It creeps up on you a few pounds at a time, and before you know it, you look up and you're 20 pounds heavier. So what happened? You overwhelmed yourself with small choices. Which brand of protein bar to buy? Which running shoes are the best? Instead of focusing on the big wins of eating less and exercising more, if you think of money the same way, 
it works the same way. Like right now, people spend years obsessing over every single tiny financial detail and they never take action. Before you know it, you get into a really bad situation and getting out just seems super overwhelming. Or worse, you just ignore the topic of money because it makes you feel guilty and just like fitness or food. So both options lead to the same results of having no results. So why are mood and can actually impact your decision, that's a different topic. But why is money and food so similar? Because it all comes down to the numbers. When it comes to food, we have to track calorie intake. Sometimes we eat more than we know. We debate different things about calories, diets, workouts, look for the best fats. And we value small advice over research. When it comes to personal finance, it's the same thing. There's the tracking of spending money, spending more than we realize or admit, debating different interest rates and hot stocks, and you listen to friends or parents or TV instead of reading really good books on personal finance. And one of the best books that I always recommend is Tony Robbins' Money Masters books because he pretty much gives you all of the gems in that book. So everybody needs to read that and you need to do that right away. Mistake number two is relying so much on willpower. So there are actually like real articles that some people wrote about money is that cheaper than cheap tip of the week or separate your two types of toilet paper like take shorter showers, cut your own hair. If you don't want to be that person who literally is using shampoo bottles or like stealing hotel shampoo bottles so you don't buy on your necessities, I want to show you to actually save money without guilt, frustration, confusion, or advice being bombarded with just really terrible money advice. Because none of that advice is like applicable in the real world. And that frugality just really hurts your mindset and it hurts it hurts your whole mentality and the whole viewpoint in the world of having abundance over scarcity. It just it really works because one if you have to make a choice every single day, regardless of the factors like we love Starbucks, we love Starbucks cold brews, and if you're feeling stressed, you drive through the coffee stop. And like maybe you're just your willpower is not the first thing in the morning that you need to deal with. Instead of getting that black cold brew, you're going to grab that really scrumptious marketed month latte full of sugar. And even if we are successful of willpower, then we don't invest the money that we saved. So you skipped your coffee for every single day of the year. That means you probably have around an extra $730, right? Well, probably not because $2 a day is not significant enough that you'll see the savings at the end of the month. Unless you physically put aside $2 every single day, which brings us back to point one, even if you do it, how are you investing it? Are you throwing your money into a small little jar or what are you doing with it? So if you think that you can wait, procrastination, of course, is silent but slow killers for your money. So if you put all these things off, of course, waiting until the last minute to get smarter with your money is one of the worst things that you can do. Every year we wait to get started with investing and savings puts a huge dent in long-term financial plans. So here's an example. When beginning to invest, if you're 25 years old, 
just let's say we invest $100 a month. And this is a book from, I'm pretty sure it's like Millionaire, uh, Secrets of a Millionaire Mindset. So we have Smart Sally, who's 25 years old, invests 10 for 10 years, $100 a month. With an 8% return rate at age 65, what is her account worth? Well, I'll let you either do the math or I'll tell you this in a bit. And then we have Dumb Dan. He's 35 years old. He invests 30 years for $10 a month. And do you think that he has, for 30 years, $100 a month, do you think that he has more than Smart Sally, who invested $10 for 100 a month with a percent return rate for both at age 65 what are their accounts worth dumb dan will have less than smart sally he will have around $150,000 even though he invested for three times as long he's behind $50,000 and smart sally well she has the value of starting early and voila has around $200,000 in savings from 65k at 65 years old So when you're thinking about this, of course, I'm sure you've already heard of this by now. Compounding is what you want to do because eventually your savings will compound. And even if you're not doing anything with interest specifically, your results will compound on how much you're saving and how you're living your life. But there are a lot of really, really broke finance professors out there, people who know the ins and outs, ups and downs of money, but they're still deeply in debt. So how can this be? Well, information alone is just not enough because when it comes to managing money, 80% or more of that actually is based on your long-term success, comes down to your behavior around savings, your behavior and your mindset around money, spending, investing, The other 20 comes down to knowing what to do. So this is why we have a whole topic that we're going to talk about the right way of setting up money. And we want to do this with automation. Okay, so when you automate your savings, and this is really cool because I was listening to this other uh, interview of Tony Robbins having this conversation and this truck driver, he must have had, he said he got paid like no more than $1,400 a month for his whole life. And by the age of like 65, he was a solid millionaire because he took his money and his he looked at it as if his savings were something that he had to pay like taxes. And he took that savings 20%. of his check went into savings every single year and he couldn't touch it, couldn't look at it. So can you imagine taking just a small percentage of the money that you have and just putting into savings and don't touch it and let your friend figure out like how much you're going to save if you freak out a little bit about it. The biggest thing is just to automate your money. So you want to build a system that saves while you sleep and pays for your bills for you as well. So Making saving painless and spending money like just guilt-free is what you want to do. 
one reason why we don't generally save money is the pain of putting it into our savings each month. Like, it's just like you have to cut back on a latte or, oh, you're thinking, I have this money, but I put it into savings. Rather, thinking of that as like your own system. So if you have bills, payments, and savings, if you just automate all of these things, it leaves you to focus on the things that really matter. And since the system that you can use of automating this based on percentages, that's the key, then you can tweak it to whatever your specific situation is. Okay, so let's talk about this. Say you have your salary coming in and you say, okay, I'm going to take 5% and put it into my 401k. And 95% goes into my checking account based off of where you're working, right? So for your checkings account, let's say you're going to do 85% of it goes to your credit card, your, your bills, your Netflix, the gym, the groceries, and maybe guilt-free spending of those Starbucks latte, okay? So you have 85% of your checking. 5% of that goes into savings and that savings you want to put into different categories. If you have a wedding coming up, down payments on, if you are going to buy a house, if you have siblings' weddings you're going to pay for, vacations, that goes into savings. Or if you're like me, you'll like to, instead of putting your uh, vacation money in savings, you can put that into a separate checking account because I like my vacations and I like them often. And then if you have a Roth IRA which we won't get into those scary letters. If you're very new, we won't talk about those things just yet. Uh, But I have a blog post on Wealthy Women that you can read from. And so from your checkings of your 85% that you're spending, you want to make sure that you have a little bit for miscellaneous bills, something that um, can't be paid necessarily on credit cards, but you pay direct debit. So like your rent or utility bills, or maybe you have like a something that's going to pop up that month of car insurance. So this gives you an idea of just like the timing on how everything should flow through the period, right? So on the second day of the month, part of your salary goes into your 401k. The rest of it is direct debit into your checkings. The fifth of the month, automatic transfer from checkings into savings and then automatic transfer into your other accounts. And then the seventh of the month is when your bills come out. So this way, then you'll know exactly what you have left to spend each month, which is just guilt-free and for fun, right? The hidden world of just like conscious spending comes to how can you save hundreds per month while still buying what you love. So unlike most people in personal finance, I really like to eat out. I like to travel and I really like to do this without feeling super guilty, And I grew up thinking, I grew up in a good way of being surrounded by great people who always took money into consideration, but didn't let them hold them back from getting what they want. Whether it was my mom, my dad, or a combination of both. We can start by using systems for yourself that just takes the simplistic view of let's not spend Instead of thinking of let's not spend money on any expensive things, there's a different approach and it starts with this mindset of spend extravagantly on things that you absolutely love and cut costs on things that you just truly don't love. So the only problem with that is that people are really indecisive when it comes to what's important to them and what's not. So 
let's take a look at just what is really important. So if you have something in your life, and this comes so deep when it comes to creating wealth, is understanding what really is important for your time and your energy. Because most of the time, if you're going out to do things with like maybe client dinners or dragging on different lectures and not being decisive with yourself, money can go crazy. Ooh, here's a fun thing too. I absolutely love iced coffees, right? Just plain black iced coffees. And I don't absolutely love spending five pounds when I'm in London every single day or if I'm with my husband just nearly like 30 pound on coffee and like generic like donuts or something that I really didn't need if I wouldn't have gone into Starbucks so what we did instead we just we didn't have an ice maker at my house <laughs> but we finally just got one and it was 99 pound okay so if if I was going into Starbucks for an iced coffee that if you make coffee at home, it comes down to like 20 cents per cup, right? So if I was going to go into Starbucks every single day, for how many days, if I'm spending 20 pounds, 20, 40, 60, 80, 100, that means I would go for five days to make up for the price of this ice maker. But instead I can buy this ice maker, which I bought this 100 pound ice maker and my 20 cent coffee. And I make just as great iced coffee at home and save so much more. And then, of course, I cut back on the calories and a whole bunch of things. If you can look at that situation of what are you spending your money on that you can replace it with the more upfront cost of something that you can do yourself. And you don't have to wait in lines and you don't have to focus all so much of your willpower or all these things. Of course, Starbucks is a treat, but I love my iced coffee at home so much better because it's made exactly the way that I like it. And I get to save that money and put it into wherever I please. But this is the thing. Most of us are just really not conscious about thinking about our spending so, I mean, we're just not being proactive about planning, like where our spending should go. We go through life just doing whatever and inferring our spending patterns from the bills that we get at the end of the month. Like we not only lack a perspective budget of I want to spend 20% of my retirement account, 10% of my savings. We lack a descriptive budget. And without getting too complex with the numbers, I'm just going to take a break from all of these numbers and talk to you something talk to you about something like way more important and we can continue this chapter of money mistakes automation and how you can really excel with your money but at first it comes down to your mindset so ladies and gentlemen if you're listening one of the biggest things that I say for any woman is to understand your finances and sometimes it's the other way around but if you have both husband and wife understanding your finances, then you have double the brain power, which is just so awesome. And of course, you have to agree to a certain mindset of things. And before you, like, you get married, I think it's so important if both the couple actually discusses finances in the sense of if you come in when you get married to someone, you marry into their family, right? So if your husband 
makes a certain amount of money and you you're not going to be working are you going to be managing the money so when it comes to my spirituality my religion we there is a certain foundation that's already set for this topic but for the rest of the society things with money gets a little bit different and you have a whole bunch of different scenarios and situations and a lot of the times women end up being super scared of not knowing what happens because at the end of the day if you're no longer earning what you're doing like it's it comes to matter about making sure that you're set for when those situations happen when your husband's no longer there or your wife's no longer there or your income's no longer there and you have to figure out how to calculate these numbers so one ladies it's so important to understand the numbers and be confident about it and understand if you're not working like if you're at home that what you're doing at home is equally important to your husband earning money because ultimate wealth doesn't necessarily mean money but if you're a wife or a mom and you are confident in yourself you're confident in your knowledge you continue to grow and seek and do all of these things it's going to be so much better than if you are passing on those insecurities to kids or you are putting yourself in a vulnerable vulnerable position to live in this world right you don't want to have to get taken advantage of anything because of just money i was watching this documentary about this woman heidi heidi lamar and she actually she came up with the first like patent essentially uh, that is now used for uh, like Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and all of these things. Except her, her she was definitely this inventor, but she was also known as this like racy actress. And unfortunately for her, she grew up in a different society, a different generation where women were treated in a very different way. And we ladies now have such a responsibility to actually live and own and take advantage of all of these opportunities that we do have when it comes to education and earning money and knowing how to learn about more things and getting more of what you want and to helping those in different countries that might not have that same situation. But so Heidi Lamar had made this patent and she did it with a partner, but her patent Uh, You get paid, the inventors will get paid if it is used in the military, which they found out like years later when she was in her retired ages that it was actually used in the government. But by law, the government gives you like seven years to uh, make a claim about it. But if something is like in a military document, you're not going to know if your patent is being used. You would think by good faith you would get paid from this. But throughout her journey of life, she was getting paid already for being an actress. And through uh, different failed marriages and not so great guys of people who literally cheated on her, just treated her poorly, took away her anything. It left her going from making so much money to after no longer getting jobs as an actress, being broke with kids and living in a different period of of life so imagine if she would have had this knowledge of okay how do I save money what 
money of this is coming for my salary do I put away and how does things go if like your marriage doesn't work out and all this all of these like nitty-gritty dynamics the first thing one is of course just having education and becoming aware the second thing that you must do when it comes to money is having this automation that just sets up your account so that you can just learn to spend less so if you're making 3k in your business or making 3k in your salary then take away 20% of that and only spend that 80% of that money on your expenses and everything and also if you want to learn how to actually earn more how to take your money to the next level that comes into different types of investing strategies and also different types of ways on how you can leverage your power so when it comes to earning more like to actually live a rich life how do you think you're not going to be able to do this with just one salary warren buffett says you must have four different sources of income right and when I was younger, I remember thinking, okay, does that mean I have to have four different jobs? And I, my first job ever was like working at Subway and at a grocery store. And I thought, okay, how am I going to spend to get, spend all my time to work these different minimum wage jobs? Like, no, it's not having four different, <laughs> it's not having four different jobs, rather having four different incomes. Okay. Because think of it as like a table. If you have four different legs, your table is solid. If you take away one leg, three, it's still okay. But will a table stand with two legs or even one? No. So what are the other types of ways that you can earn money? And this could be property, investing in different properties. So you get a rental income or investing in different types of dividend paying things. So you get paid a dividend or for all my business owners and online experts, for anybody who's learning how to do anything online, it's about setting up proper online funnels and businesses that make you money still, that you can leave it and forget it. I was just looking at my Udemy course that I set up in 2016, and I'm still getting small paychecks from it. And this is something that literally took me four hours for like four hours to record this, film this, upload this and put it on a platform that has its own types of traffic and I'm st- I still get paid money every single week, every single month, which is cool because I literally didn't have to put any more work into it except collect checks because even if you're collecting $1, $20, $100, $1,000 without having to put in more work, all of those things are compounded and are going to be beneficial for you so without getting like super distracted of okay now I have to do this and do this and do this you do want to spend some time setting up a foundation of course but you also want to learn how to properly set up your money making sources of income right whether this is if you're in a job and you want to get a raise get paid more for doing more or making more money of just using side skills, which is they call it the gig economy, right? So having side gigs or starting a business and just making more money, right? You can do those three things to set up the basic foundation just to give you leverage. 
When I say leverage, that leverage will come into play when you're going to buy bigger properties or you're going to do different things. But at the end of all of this, at the end of all the days, you have to understand having the right money mindset that honestly, there's the world is an abundance. You must think with abundance that there's so much money in the world, regardless of what anyone tells you. Two, you must know that if you think you know it all, we just don't know anything at all because life is going to come and you will be provided for. So always make sure that you're really focusing on your spirituality and your personal health because no amount of money can actually like actually give you your health or your spirituality because money is not the ultimate wealth, right? But it will help you set up living a life of indulgence and fun things. Just to wrap up on this conversation, because we covered some pretty deep things and then we touched lightly on others. If you're just listening to the last couple of minutes, I want you to take away this. Having the right mindset about money is the first and most important thing. We just launched a course at WealthyWomen.com on creating that ultimate money mindset. But having that money mindset is going to be so important on how you look at money, how you have a relationship with money, how you have a relationship with selling, how you have a relationship with actually taking in money, receiving money. It comes down to if somebody gives you $5, are you going to say thank you or are you going to say no, no, I don't need it or are you going to give it away to charity or what are you going to do with that $5 that you have? We'll start, start with that. Money mindset is the most important. Then it comes down to always looking at life with abundance. Abundance of wealth, abundance of anything that you want. There is abundance of resources out there and you can grab a little part of it that will suffice for you. So that being said, having education of finances and having education of wealth And having clarification of numbers is going to be the most important. So tracking your numbers and understanding your numbers, I want you to take away knowing that you will spend less money than you earn. And you will make more money than you intend to spend. Right? And you will... Also, start to gather those four different sources of income. So, we covered a lot of things, and I'm really grateful and appreciative of your time. Thank you so much. If you want to continue to support the Wealthy Women podcast, then please just go ahead and subscribe. Also, please go to wealthywomen.com for more information. Thank you so much. Again, I'm your host, Marilyn Rose, and I will see you on the next podcast.